Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That is the voice of Mary Jane. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't think of her name. What is Mary it, Jonathan? Jay Jay. Oh, Mary J. Mary J. How could I forget that? I love this album that she did, particularly that song. And of course, she was the superstar of the Super Bowl. So, you know, that halftime show, people are still talking about it. And you said that you liked it. I think you looked at it online. Uh, no, 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 no. I looked at um, what they did at the NBA All Star game online oh, when they brought out that's the, right because they did both of those that's right well no 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 they didn't no they didn't do an uh, a concert this year what they what the nba did this year for their all-star game this is the 75th year of the nba and so they had so she did she sing the star spangled banner no i don't think she did i don't think she had anything Mary to do Jay with the NBA performed this year, it this year. no but she she was in two big things i can't think of what it was my goodness i'll have to look it up but the super bowl the halftime um, did you like it? You did go back and watch it. You told me you no, were going to watch it. Oh, I, I didn't ah, watch that. Didn't. I didn't, wa- I I didn't either. I didn't have a chance to. Oh. I watched some of the commercials, but I didn't watch <laughs> yeah, the you're that show. guy. You're that guy. You're I that did, guy. I did want to see what the commercials were. I was excited mm-hmm. to see the E-Trade baby come back. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, I went back and I watched some of the old commercials, and I can't believe that, number one, it, the the, the – um, the campaign with that character lasted as long as it did, but these commercials go back to like oh eight oh nine with with this with this E Trade baby, and so I went back and saw some of the old ones, and uh, it's just it brought classic. you joy. They're classic. It brought you joy. Commercial That's what it did. comedy joy. <laughs> hey, I'm excited because this is the half hour that is open to uh, tonight. It is open to our listeners. And if anyone would like to call in, just call us at 651-461-9226. And uh, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, this is our open phone time. And so um, if you want to talk about something, if I know about it, I will engage with you. Um, of course, I will start out by asking if you are concerned at all about the war between Russia and and Ukraine, um, and do you think it will be the catalyst for World War Three? World War Three. And as I was having this conversation this past week uh, about this possible event, um, I started wondering: Okay, what does that really mean? How does that work? And I know many of you probably already know this, but when it comes to declarations of war, it has to be Congress. In fact, it says here the Constitution grants Congress the sole power to declare war, the sole power to declare war, not the president, right? <laughs> it, it is Congress. Um, Congress has declared war on 11 occasions, including its first declaration of war with Great Britain in 1812. 
And Congress approved its last formal declaration of war during World War II. So no matter how many wars you hear about that where, you know, people here in America, we use the word war. We've been at war with this country. We've been at war with that country. Bottom line is that it's really not war until it's declared by the Congress. And that comes with a whole lot of changes, right? If you're having a battle, if you're going up against someone, we may use that word war. But if it's really a war, if it's truly a war, it has to be declared by Congress. Many of you know this. I know many of you know this. But at the same time, I just want people to really, I want all of us to get an understanding of what that means, what it really means for all of us. Um, It's not easy to realize that this is where we stand because there have been so many battles that we call wars, whether it was Iraq and Afghanistan, and we could go down the whole list. But the bottom line is this is different when the Congress gets involved. And so with Russia and Ukraine, um, it's tough to watch because Ukraine has been a friend of ours. We've been a friend to them. And even though they are not part of, and do I have this correct, Jonathan? Um, They are not part of NATO. That's correct. Okay, I do have that correct. And Finland as well? Was it Finland as well? Yeah, uh, Sweden and Finland. I was actually a little bit stunned to, to find that out, that Sweden and Finland are not part of NATO. Right. Well, it's really quite remarkable um, what is happening. And so when you really look back on when these 11 times happened, when the Congress of the United States actually declared war, we talked about Great Britain in 1812, June of 1812, then Mexico, May of 1846, and then Spain, April 25th, uh, 1898, Germany in April um, 1917, uh, Austria and Hungary, December of 1917. So that was twice in 1917 in Japan, well, was, December. And, and, and the reason for that was because that was world war one. And, and, and I, I think you're about to get to the other instance of this, which would have been world war two, but we, th- there were two entities that were fighting together and so that's why i think why we had to declare between germany and then between austria hungary at that same time and then there was japan which we all know about in december of 1941 germany in december of 1941 as well and italy december 11th of 1941 so we know what that's all about and then bulgaria june of 1942 uh hungary june of 1942 as well um and Romania uh, in June of 1942. I tell you, when I look at these numbers or dates and we realize how many times we've declared war, it's really something, isn't it? I mean, uh, and again, if you want to call in, you our number is 651 um, Four six one nine two two six. Again, that's six five one four six one nine two two six. But that's not what's happening today with all of these battles that we've had. You know, Vietnam, many people say, well, that was a war. Well, it wasn't declared a war. So, Johnny, what would you call those that are not declared wars? I would think, you call them battles? <laughs> I, th- I think it's semantics. I, I, I honestly think it's semantics. I agree, with that. I, I, I agree that and on the premise that, okay, Congress is the sole entity that can declare us at war with somebody. But we it's not like we have not gotten involved with other 
countries that are at war. So I wouldn't say that because we weren't we didn't officially declare war with Korea or North Korea that it wasn't the Korean War. I wouldn't say that since we didn't declare war against Vietnam or uh, the Communist Party in Vietnam that we weren't involved in the Vietnam War, that it wasn't the Vietnam War. So either way, I, I think it's whether we're involved in it, whether we officially declare it, it – it, it doesn't. It feels matter. like a war it to us, it right? It, yeah, it doesn't matter as much to me what the what the actual semantics of it are. Well, I tell you, um, we talk about these things possibly happening, and then when they happen, it surprises a lot of us, right? It kind of creeps up on us, so we'll keep paying attention to what's happening with Russia and Ukraine. I think what surprises me the most, since I've been doing some reading on this, is how steeped Russia is into our economy, into our country, um, you know, how many homes that um, Vladimir Putin, Putin has here in the United States. Really quite remarkable. Um, the oligarchs had their, um, sh- their um, what do you call those? Their super yachts. <laughs> super yachts, man. That's it. Super yachts that were parked in the United States. Oh, yeah. And parked, parked here, parked in England, parked in... Uh, other portions around the world. Some of them are moving them to the Caribbean, to uh, those those areas where you hide the money, you know, like the Seychelles oh, yeah. and like the Cayman Islands. <laughs> Cayman and, Islands. And some of the, uh, I think the Caymans are actually across the Atlantic, but some of those places where you know the the money kind of disappears. Oh, look at these shell companies. Kind of ah, disappears. It disappears. Absolutely. No, it, it, it. I say it kind of disappears because it reappears when it needs to. <laughs> well, okay. It's, I it's that. the shell game that you that you play. Uh, look for the money. Look for the money. Oh, it's not there. Oh, it's not there. Oh, look, it's here. Oh, I, I need. I needed a little bit of it. So there it is. Oh. Okay, now I want to open up the phone lines to talk about this possible strike ending tomorrow. And if it happens, um, then it will absolutely start on Tuesday, period. You had you heard Susie Jones uh, in our newsroom reporting that just a few minutes ago. And I know you've been thinking about it, talking about it. I've been talking with my daughter and her husband. And my um, nine-year-old granddaughter actually said to her mom, Mom, my biggest concern is the mental health of the students. They need therapists. They need these things. And these are some of the challenges they're having uh, to make sure that that is kept in the schools. All the schools need them. Children are really going through. We have not been through a pandemic like this before. My generation has not been through a pandemic like this one before. Not this one. And so it's a whole nother ball game. And now they're talking about, all right, if, if this happens, then we know we have to look out for the children. We have to figure it out. Um, where do they go? How is it going to happen at, at home? Are they going to be able to um, eat and that sort of thing? So it's been frustrating to learn as much as we are learning about the possibility of this strike. And this is nothing to laugh about or to play around with. Teach your children. Talk to your children before Tuesday. No matter what happens, if they don't strike, yay, if they do strike. But this is the time. Tonight, tomorrow morning, talk to the children and say, I need to explain this to you, why they are doing this. I need to talk to you about why this happens in our school system, in our public school system. 
So as you keep asking those questions, keep asking them. I don't blame you. I would ask them too. But just know that there are so many ways we can help. Um, they're going to keep the free lunches. I shouldn't call them free, but they're, they're going to keep feeding the children. They're going to announce it if they strike. They're going to announce when those families can come and get the food. They don't want to put out where to go yet. Um, they've got a lot to talk about because first we have to find out if the strike is going to happen. And if it does, it starts on Tuesday. On Tuesday. So take a deep breath, parents. All of us have to, whether you're grandparents, all of us have to get on board again. We did it with COVID and we we're doing great uh, getting through this COVID time. We don't have to wear the mask anymore, but please understand the fact this is clearly going to disrupt our children. Clearly, if the strike happens, Who's going to be there to pick them up? Who's going to be there to encourage them? And I'm not talking about after school hours. I'm talking about every time we get before they leave in the morning. Pour something positive into them if they get to go back to school. And if they don't, sit them down at home and explain what striking is. Explain it all as much as you can find. As much information as you can find. Talk about unions. Where do unions come from? Why is it so important? These are the things you can do. You can teach your children at home. These are the things they need to know. Mom, what is a strike and why is it happening? Be prepared to answer that question, please. The nice thing about it is though you are prepared, you may not ever have to use that information this week, but you might have to. So please don't forget. Remember, remember, remember. All right, 651-461-9226. Time to take a break. We'll be back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. You're listening to Steel Talking, and our next guest coming up at 835 is going to be um, a man that I truly admire, Senator Bobby Joe Champion. And uh, we're going to talk about something that is really, really important. And even though you may not have heard of it, I've been kind of following this whole campaign for a while. And um, it is quite remarkable. It's called the Crown Act, and it passes the House floor and it's awaiting action in the Senate, and I'm really excited about this. So we're going to talk to um, Senator Bobby Joe Champion, state senator, and we are going to find out how this all came to be and what it really means. So you, we don't want you to 
take a break. We, we hope you'll stick and stay with us to learn how important this is and why it is important. Now, I also wanted to mention as we were talking about the strike, because this is a big deal. Seriously, you guys, this is a big deal. Um, the, the challenge is uh, transportation, making sure the children will eat, um, and so much more, making sure they get their work done. They're going to keep their iPads uh, during this time if the strike happens. I just am so nervous about them losing more time. It feels as though our children are going to be two years behind once this whole pandemic is completely over with and the schools are open completely once again. Um, and that's frightening. Some children will lose it and never want to pick it up again. So we have to be encouraging. We have to find some kind of way to work together to make that happen. So stay tuned as we talk more about this on Still Talking over the next few weeks to see how things are going. But the children are hurting. They're not seeing their friends. And to this, the idea of not being able to see their friends again, again, and, and before it was COVID. And now it's going to be a strike possibly. So when you see children in your family, in your neighborhood, encourage them to keep going, keep doing it. Also, I want to mention before we take a break that Shaletta Brundage, I am so proud of her. I don't know if you've heard about uh, Shaletta and um, this award that she has received, um, but maybe we'll come back in the next half hour because I will probably have more time to talk about Shaletta. She, Shaletta Brundage is on here at WCC on Saturdays from 11 to 2 p.m. and she won an Anthem Award, and I want to tell you more about that, and I don't have enough time to tell you more about it. You might have heard it all week long, but when it's one of ours, um, that's a really big deal. I'm sure, Jonathan, you probably heard about it, and I don't know if you had a chance to watch the event. By the time I found out about the Anthem Awards, I was just like, oh, Geraldine, you have truly missed a lot. I, I did <laughs> find out about it. I actually found out about it from Shaletta. <laughs> she oh, cool! She texted me, and I've and, and I feel so bad. I've yet to text her back with my congratulations. So that is on me. Uh, but no, she texted me, and I'm like, "What is she texting me?" I'm just I, I don't know what it's. It's <laughs> I think it was like Monday. I think it's a Monday. What? What? Why are you texting? Me? I don't understand this. And so uh, she texted me the link to the story, and so it's it's a real big honor. And and she has done so much in the community and so much to raise up uh, the community around her that I, I think it's a great choice to select her for that award. And so she deserves every bit of it. Yeah, I think so, too. She works a lot harder than some people know. Uh, Shaletta is a go-getter. She is excellent in her gifts. Um, so a lot of times we hear about her, we know about her, but please read her bio, learn more about what she's doing. I think this is something that we should be talking about a lot here at Intercom Odyssey. Um, it's really important. So please look it up, no find more, out no what the Intercom. Anthem Award. No. Hey, uh, oh, that's bosses, right, Odyssey, big Odyssey. Big sorry, bosses sorry. upstairs, no, 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 we, we, we're not Intercom anymore, we're Odyssey. We're just, Do I you just, know I said that happy. I actually, okay, Jonathan, all right. <laughs> no, what, what were you saying? Never mind, never mind. No, I know just, this, but it's hard sure. to let go of one for the other one. So it yeah. is. It's it's. it's uh, That's why I keep them together. <laughs> to, so least, I just I'll just say honestly. At least at least you're not calling a CBS radio anymore. So that's that's a plus. Well, who's doing that? I don't, don't tell know me. If don't they are. tell me. 
<laughs> All right, Jonathan, we're going to take this break and uh, come back with uh, the senator, state senator, Bobby Joel Champion, in just a moment. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Steel Talking. I'm excited to talk about something called the Crown Act. And joining me to define it and to help us understand why it is important is State Senator Bobby Joe Champion. Welcome, sir. How are you? I'm doing nicely. How are you doing? It's always so good to hear your voice on a great Sunday evening. Ditto, sir. Ditto. Um, it's amazing. This Crown Act has been talked about for a while now. There have now have been the Crown coalitions. I think it's in 32, no, 14 states and 32 municipalities, if I'm not mistaken, around the country. Is that correct? That is cr- correct that, that uh, some people say 17 because there's another variation in some other places. But for certain, we know that 14 other states, including you know, Colorado, California, New York, Virginia, and others have adopted uh, the Crown Act. Tell me, tell us why this is really important. Well, the first thing that I'll tell you is that the Crown Act is an acronym for meaning creating a respectful and open workplace for natural hair. Some people replace the word, word workplace with world. And so the whole thing is that uh, we think it's important to make sure that individuals are judged on their skills and qualifications and not put in uncomfortable predicaments as it pertains to their hair. So here in Minnesota, uh, what we would do uh, if it was the past, it passed the House with 100-plus votes, which means that they got bipartisan support, that it would add hairstyle to a provision in the Minnesota Human Rights Act that prohibits racial discrimination. So they would add, like, braids and dreadlocks and that sort of thing. So we think an individual should be able to be free in, at work, be free in school, be free to wear their natural hair, and for them to be accepted and for them not to be put in uncomfortable positions that could uh, look like they were being judged or required to do something different because of their hair. We do know that this has been a problem here in the great state of Minnesota. There are certain corporations that actually put it in their, you know, f- uh, casual Friday definitions. You know, you cannot wear your hair certain ways. And so this has been going on for so long, especially in corporate America. Many of these around the country have said, okay, we're going to allow this. But then they still put certain stipulations, you know, that say, okay, you can't go this far. Uh, some have offered pictures for people to see to say, okay, you can't go that that far. Why is it that the natural hair um, has been condemned by so many in the business world uh, specifically? Uh, when you think about it, um, sometimes uh, uh, the business world and even schools in other places have, have really defined their uh, what's professional based on uh, the majority community. So it has to be tapered a certain way. You can only wear certain lanes, uh, and, and not for, for the natural hair to be, uh, uh, lifted up or elevated as important. The reason why it's important for us to take a stance right now is because it's important for boys and girls to feel good about themselves, who they are, and believing that their hair is a beautiful part of who they are. And when you think in terms of the workforce, we are diversifying our workforces. Uh, It's becoming more and more competitive when you think in terms of getting people to come to our corporations and come to our states. And if people are uh, 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 
uh, embracing who they are, which we should, because I believe that they're, they're, there's a scripture that says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I believe that, right? So I believe that people should be able to express themselves and be, again, judged on the skills and qualifications. And not only just in the state of Minnesota have we been having this problem. Um, in Texas, for an example, there was a, a then soon graduate who was told he could not walk in graduation because of his hair. Uh, right. There was a wrestler that was well known in 2018 to 2019 where he could not wrestle if he didn't cut his dreads off. And they cut his dreads right there That's on right. the side of the gym and said, hey, you either have to cut your hair or forfeit or get your out. Mask. That's right. Those are just examples. And so, like you said, in the workforce, it's happening. So we believe it makes us a richer uh, a state, a richer com- a country when we embrace individuals and allow them to express themselves through their hair because that's what they do. People want to be natural, allow that to be so. Exactly. In fact, um, I I actually have a grandchild who went through something with a teacher um, that was just brushing her hair and then she clipped off a couple of her braids. And with no, she didn't ask if that was okay. She didn't say, do you mind if I take these two braids or three braids out? Um, And so I don't quite know why people feel like it's okay to cut the natural hair of different people, indigenous people, all types of people wear their hair um, in different ways. And it feels like there's something wrong with that. But there's really nothing wrong with it. Do you remember Marsha Stadden? Yes. Do you remember her? And do you remember she worked for a major corporation here in the state of Minnesota? She wore her long braids. As a lawyer, she wore her long braids. They were just beautiful. And I remember her talking to a group of us in in an organization called SAS, Sisters Associated uh, for Self-Support. And she stood there with us and said, look, we've been telling you how to dress in business in these corporations. We've been telling you all these things. But wearing your hair, it's your hair. It's your natural hair. You should be able to do it. And she fought for it because they threatened to fire her if she kept her braids. She fought for listen, it and she won. And listen, that example that you um, are talking about, now we're talking someone about someone, first of all, uh, Miss Statton, who's brilliant, has a brilliant, brilliant legal mind. And, 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 and we're also talking about if you don't give people the opportunity to have that freedom and to be accepted for that freedom, then we will send a collective message that they're not important, right? And, mm-hmm. and that they have to conform to a certain standard that restricts them. And therefore, uh, we will then say, hey, we don't want you to be a part of this wonderful corporation, our great state. And as, as uh, Minnesotans, I want us to uh, uh, respect, retain, recruit, create a positive environment for those brilliant minds to be a part of our corporation so that we can continue to be globally competitive. I think that in this market where, where uh, there is a limitation, this Crown Act is important. So that's why I'm also asking my Senate colleagues to join me in passing the Crown Act uh, because it will send a clear message that it's free to be who you are, right? It all, I almost went to that. Remember that Marlo Thomas, free to be you and me, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> and so that was from so many years ago. But it is about a freedom and, and a collective message. I believe that it's important for us to be fearfully and wonderfully made and that we should do so by passing this uh, act. 
It's interesting that we have to do this. Um, people of color, even Jewish women um, have had challenges and, and men too, where it's just too curly and too big and they had to tame it down years ago. Um, you know, you put a perm in a, in a white woman's hair and it gets curly. You put a perm in my hair and it's straight. <laughs> so, you know, right. there were challenges trying to figure out, well, what does the natural hair look like for you? Or what does it look for you? So the, the word that's been used so much about natural hair is urban. It's too urban. Right. right. Um, and I can't right. figure out why they chose that. Why is it sounds like well, urban is like a bad word. Well, it is all these codes. Right. So you use some really good examples of my Jewish friends who have curly hair uh, and and we believe that they should be able to wear their curly hair as well. Right. Um, uh, and and when you think about it, urban is usually attached to a negative connotation as opposed to understanding that culture is not negative, individualism is not negative, promoting uh, someone's self-worth is not negative, and we should look at the antithesis of what it is that we're doing and intentionally embrace uh, uh, individualism, natural hair, uh, and allow people to be free. I know I keep saying freedom, 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 because it is about freedom. It is about accepting who another person is and and what God created them to be. That's why I say natural. But if someone decides that they want their hair to be straight, if that's what they want to do, allow them to do that. But we should not have to conform to a a specific look that makes others feel much more comfortable. Uh, Professionalism is is not me uh, or my son's. Uh, being free of dreads, because my sons, I uh, saw on WCCO, they asked me for a picture, and I showed the picture of my two sons who are in college uh, who have dreads. They are professional. They are well-spoken. They're intelligent, and I want them to be free. I don't want them to go become a therapist or veterinarian or whatever they decide to be, and someone tell them, well, if you want to be with us, you have to cut your hair. Their hair is an expression of who they are, and I want them to have that freedom, like my Jewish friends, like my uh, Latino friends, like anyone. I want them to be free to wear their hair as long as they want it, right, especially if that is an expression of who they are. I know that in some Jewish communities, they some people don't cut their hair, mm-hmm. and we should allow them to have that freedom. Uh, and so I just think it's it's beneficial for us all. Do you think it really is something that happens more in the Midwest or just all over the country? I really actually think it happens all over the country. That's why we've had 14, some people say 17 states that have now adopted uh, some version of the Crown Act. Um, I also think that they've adopted it because it's also good for business that we intentionally seek to recruit, retain, and welcome diversity in our workforce to remain globally competitive. I think they're... I think others are sensitive to the air of what other people might do, and we created some um, uh, some safeguards in order to say we don't think all companies behave this way. We don't think all school districts behave this way, but we want to make it very clear that if you are behaving that way, that's unacceptable. And okay. so that's why I believe that this is something that we should do. Okay, so the Crown Act, is this something that we can, are they trying to put um, the beginning and an end to this, you know, as far as how far you can go with your hair, or is this something you're saying, allow the natural hair to be worn, period? 
That's what we're saying, right? And, okay. And whatever that looks like. Uh, and we just give some examples in the uh, 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 legislation, um, but, but even that's open, right? So, like, we put braids in there, um, and we also put dreadlocks in there. And so, the, really, what we're doing is uh, adding into the Department of Human Rights statute what racial discrimination looks like, right? And adding that in as a course of action a person can bring forth if they believe for some reason someone discriminated against them based on their natural hair um, and, 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 and something that we are prohibiting companies from doing. And we think okay. it's beneficial for Minnesota and that company. So the House has Not already passed this, correct? That is correct, with 100-plus votes, right? So remember that the House only has 134 uh, uh, House members. Over 100 folks voted yes already. So that means they got bipartisan support. That is correct. Okay, what about the Senate? Senate, we are still, I'm the chief officer in the Senate. I've asked my uh, colleagues across the aisle because you know that the, the uh, majority uh, party is uh, Republican. And mm-hmm. I've asked my GOP members to join me in passing this by giving me a hearing. I haven't gotten a hearing scheduled as of yet. Uh, I hope to hear something uh, by tomorrow. Uh, in fact, I even texted them earlier today to give them some more articles and uh, uh, additional coverage that has been uh, 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 lifted up around the Crown Act. So I'm also asking, um, Geraldine, for your listeners to call their legislators and say, hey, we think that this deserves uh, consideration and that it should be passed. And so I need the public's help in making sure that the legislators know that this is important to the two constituents as well. So when will the Senate vote? Well, that's a very interesting question. As soon as I get a hearing. So if I get a hearing uh, um, uh, scheduled, uh, the committee then will, will vote and then uh, for, in that committee. And then uh, hopefully it, it will be uh, there will be a motion going to be passed and sent to the floor to be on general registered. And then it's just a matter of of getting the president and others to schedule it for a floor vote. So I first got to get a, a committee hearing, which is what I'm working very uh, hard to do. And that's why I mentioned earlier that I need support from the general public to call their legislators and ask them to uh, uh, to uh, schedule that committee hearing and and also a floor vote. You know, um, some people probably listening uh, are concerned and they think, why is this even important? Well, I would start out by saying even the fashion houses, the famous fashion houses around the world um, have accepted this for years now, for decades. They know that it's important to allow the model to really be herself, right, or be himself. And however you wear that hair, today you're really starting to see the natural look of the hair, no matter where they're from, no matter who they are. And it's beautiful. So people think that this is a movement just starting in Minnesota. It may be just starting in Minnesota, but this movement has been going, flying, and it's, you know, people are agreeing with this. So I really hope that it will make a difference and that the Senate will come on board with this. I'm so grateful that you uh, presented this, that you wrote this and um, decided to present it. And the House is on board. We just need the Senate on board. And that's always the one we're looking for to get on board. That is correct. And I just want to remind people and thank you again, uh, Jolyn, for just your dedication and just you understanding the importance of this work, the great work, and wanting to make sure that your listeners know about it. But remember, Minnesota, uh, that 
Colorado has passed it, California, New Jersey, Virginia, New York, Washington, Maryland, uh, Connecticut, New Mexico, Delaware, Nebraska, and Nevada. And there's a number of other states, including Wisconsin, who's considering it as well. So we are usually the leaders here in Minnesota. I want us to step up and continue to lead. And we need you. This is important. It is important for us today, but it's also important for our future. So thank you so very much, and I look forward to getting continued support. And very quickly, if people want more information, where should they go? Which book would you recommend? Ooh, really good. Oh, well, go website. Gotta, you, uh, go website. You can also just put in Crown Act, right? That's true. Uh, That's because true. It, it, it's been talked about over and over again. In fact, in Minnesota, we just had WCCO covering it, Star Tribune has covered it, um, Austin uh, papers in uh, Duluth, I believe it is. It's just a number of different places and people that have covered it. And in fact, it goes back to even 2018 or 2019 when Representative Moran was the House author in the in the House. This year is Representative Esther Abaje, who is my mm-hmm. uh, a House member. Uh, so it's been a lot of coverage on it. In fact, I know that Star Tribune is preparing for, for another article this week, along with some other papers that have contacted me because they're also interested in this and believe it's something that we should do. So just Google the Crown Act, and it will pop up, and you'll see a number of different stories uh, from across the country that has made this uh, uh, piece of legislation necessary for clarity and for protection and uh, 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 is necessary. I sure appreciate it. I appreciate you joining us tonight and talking about this is really important, not just to black people, but all all sorts of people. Thank you so much, Senator Bobby Joe Champion. Thank you so much and have a great uh, 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 evening. And I enjoyed you at the Dakota with you and your sisters. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You were great. (laughs) It was great to have you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That is our own Senator, um, Bobby Joe Champion, state senator. And uh, if you haven't heard of this, please look it up. It's so important. We'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talking. I hope you really learned something about the Crown Act. And if you have questions about it, go to ebony.com. That's E-B-O-N-Y.com. And they have a Crown Act coalition. And you can really read a lot of those articles in that magazine. It is a magazine for African-Americans and even children that are African-Americans. It talks about hair a lot, as well as clothing and so much more. And I think you would enjoy it. So at least we're trying to make sure that each of us can have an understanding of why this Crown Act is important. Um, so don't take it for granted. Don't try not to laugh at it or think it's silly. Learn about it. Read about it. And I think you will understand that some people have been fired at their jobs for having their natural hair. And that started in the 80s. (laughs) I remember that's when it started. Uh, It's very clear in my mind how many times we had to fight to wear our hair natural. So there you go. Coming up next is Center Stage, by the way, all things arts and entertainment. And we're going to start out talking about the the Broadway show called Waitress. It's now coming to the Ordway. There's so much to talk about with that particular piece. Uh, I actually saw this <laughs> restaurant called The Bad Waitress. And if you've ever been to The Bad Waitress, I'd love to know what that experience was like because I've heard so many different things. I don't know, Jonathan, have you ever been there? The Bad Waitress. I haven't. Um, I'm trying to remember. I thought I thought it closed. Um, I know there was oh, a location I over on Central. I just drove past it. 
Yeah, I, I know there was a location that, that had brought it up over on Central Avenue here in northeast Minneapolis, mm-hmm. but that closed down and reopened as something else. I thought there was another location, but I'll have to check. By the way, I do want to uh, correct something from on my end from earlier in the hour. Uh, you were yes. correct. Mary J. Blige did uh, play at the All-Star. She played the All-Star weekend. She yeah. did not play the All-Star game, but she, but she did headline a concert All-Star weekend. Now, I have to look up then who did the Star Spangled Banner. I sure thought it was her. I sure thought it was her. For God bless America. All right, everyone. As we wrap up this hour, it sure has been fun talking with you, and um, uh, or at least talking with you through the radio. And uh, I am honored to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Center Stage is going to be a blast, so stay tuned. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 